Welcome to the Morning Ritual Podcast, meditations and conversations to set the tone for your day. I'm your host, Lily Balch, and today we have Elena Brower on the podcast. So I've been admiring Elena's work for years. I have so much reverence for her, and she is a mama. She is an author. She's a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, and I'm so excited to dive into conversation with her. And there's a few directions I want to go, so we're just going to let this unfold organically. But Elena, warm, warm welcome. Hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. So to begin, to begin to ground ourselves into this conversation, I'd love to start with Softening Time, your latest book, and just that title alone, Softening Time. It's that title is healing. (laughs) And I'm so curious, what is the story of the Softening Time journey? And um, can you tell us about the book? Yes, it's a collection of poems. Most of them I've been working on for a very long time, more than a couple of decades. And a a handful of them are newer and more sort of homages to people and writers and teachers that I really love who have walked me toward this time of softening. Uh, I'm 53 now at the time of this recording and writing it over the last several years compiling and writing it uh it really was that kind of a time where finding my softness and steadiness was my priority and bringing that into all the various iterations of my uh, myself and my communications as a mom as a leader as a teacher as a guide as a mentor as a friend as a partner, as a daughter, as a sister even, and allowing myself to soften in all of those places and using that word as kind of a a guide and a benchmark for myself. Hmm. And so you're saying you've entered this softer time. Can you give us um, a little sneak peek into maybe the harsher or what's the opposite of, of soft hard mm. or, or strivey or what what's the opposite to you in your experience for me it was haste a lot of haste and a lot of um feeling as though I would never be finished and in this time I realized that that is in fact true and that's wonderful <laughs> I'm never, as my teacher says, I'm never going to graduate. I'm never going to be finished. Um, But I am building a very steady, reliable mind for myself. And that feels very uh, helpful right now. Hmm. I think I know the answer, but you might surprise me. I don't know. What, What are the practices you go to to steady the mind or where, where, what directions you had in uh, rituals or practices um, to help you steady the mind? So I really have one 
one practice that I do for meditation, which is just zazen. And that's been for about the last three and a half years or so, very, very regularly every day, usually twice a day. I also have a yoga practice, of course, still teaching on GLOW and treasure the times that I get to teach for GLOW because I'm practicing also. And so, you know, I have GLOW to thank for my, I think, a good portion of my health and flexibility, both in body and mind, because I don't know if I would still be practicing as regularly. Um, I know how good it feels. But I wonder often, like if it weren't part of my work, I wonder if I would keep up as well as I do. But yes, Zazen yoga practice. And, you know, I have some tiny little rituals that I do. I pull a card every day. I consider the word. I use that word as sort of my um, guiding principle throughout the day. Uh, most days I do a little mind mapping, like Tracy Stanley teaches in her book, The Luminous Self love that and have found that to be very helpful also in terms of um, being able to transmit and translate my dreams that mind mapping first thing before i do anything else even before i sit has helped tremendously in understanding my dream space um, more which was a place that i never really dove into so those are my basic you know, daily things that I do that I don't really miss. Awesome. Awesome. And I will, um, for the listeners, I'm going to put Tracy Stanley's book in the show notes well and yeah. maybe, maybe one day we can have Tracy on the podcast because mm. her work is also so important and something, um, the last time we spoke, Elena, you gave me some great words of advice and you said in a very matter of fact way you said don't believe all the thoughts in your head mm. yeah don't believe all of, don't believe all of your thoughts and 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 it was the combination it was coming out of your mouth in a very like you know specific context but it it did hit home and it's what I needed to hear in that moment and it just gave me this perspective of okay coming back to what we talk about on this podcast so much the witness mind mm -hmm. I can observe my thoughts and I can choose which which ones am I going to give weight to or you know how can I observe this without mm, getting wrapped up in the story right, right? or maybe not being um caught up in the drama is another thing we spoke about um can you share with our listeners a little bit more about what do you mean don't believe all of your thoughts I think that's such a good question and I remember saying it but I happily don't remember what the context was so this will be a nice clean slate for all of us you know I have a lot of thoughts in my mind that are full of uh, fear, fear that I'll fail as a mother, as a partner, as a friend, fear that I'll fail as a teacher, uh, in my work, um, in any number of things, even as an artist, that I will fail. 
And those thoughts are so habitual and so old, such a deep groove in my neurological system that I, I have to actually say this to myself multiple times a day. Oh, no, no, no. Don't believe that. That is just a habit. That is some habit energy. I have various ways of reminding myself. And it helps me to um, bring some more composure to things. I don't, if I don't believe every single thought, I'm having a very smooth, fluent path today, you know, a completion each day, rather than this sort of fractured lightning bolt energy going this way and that uh, worry. It's just not how I want to spend my time. And as I've gotten older, and I still feel young. And I feel like maybe in 10 more years, I'll feel like, okay, I know a few things. But as I've gotten older, I've really seen the benefit of this particular practice, not believing every single thought that comes into my head as gospel. Yeah, and that, that brings me into your work and the larger work of NVC, mm. Nonviolent Communication which I first heard out of your mouth. And then you sent me down um, a little rabbit hole, <laughs> another a podcast episode that you had on your uh, Practice You podcast with Micah. Micah Salaverios. Um, yeah. Wonderful. I'm going to put that that episode in the show notes as well, because it, it, it really sparked um, a lot of curiosity for me in the world of NVC. I still have so much to learn i'm scraping the surface yes but for our listeners can you give us um an overview of nvc and in my brain and maybe this isn't true but it's all about like starting from showing being able to show yourself empathy is is sort of the the, the baseline of the work and then it spills out is that is that right yeah so the what NVC did for me was help me to remember that we have just this present moment. Most of the time when I'm communicating or you're communicating, our listeners communicating, we're communicating based on a whole bunch of facts from the past. And we're bringing all of these facts to bear on what's happening in this present moment. NVC reminds us with a few short steps that become very fluid in your communication, how to just literally just be here in this present moment, communicating what needs to be communicated. So I'll give you an example. Um, the four steps in nonviolent communication, observing, feeling, needs and requests, so the first thing I'm doing is just saying, okay, uh, say James, my partner is kind of short with me. Instead of saying, you're always like that. Do you see how that brings in all the past? has nothing to do with what's happening here and is hurtful. Instead, hey, James, when I hear you say that I didn't tell you with enough time in advance about this plan. 
So that's an observation. That's a good observation. Keeps us both in the present. This is what really just happened. There's no judgment in this observation. There's no, when I hear you meanly say, no, it's just when I hear you say that I didn't give you enough time. Then I give my feeling, second step. I feel alone. Because my need, third step, my need for uh, kindness, mutual respect, clear communication was not met. Fourth step, the request. Next time I fuck up and don't give you enough time for the plan, would you mind being just a little more resilient for me and kind with me so that we can move past my mistake. And then it becomes, you know, and, and I don't even think that request is perfect in its configuration or structure and VC wise, but what it does is it brings us together. It allows our communication to be a little more easeful and artful and he can hear me. He definitely would not hear me if I said, you're always so fucking mean or something like that. That's not what I would say because he's not mean, but you get the idea. So observations, feelings, needs that are not being met, requests for the next time. One other note that's worth uh, mentioning here is that that next time comes. And in my own experience anyway, both with James and my son and uh, even friends, the next time comes and the communication is a little different. The way to apologize in NBC is the last note that I want to make because it, it also points to the next time and not the past. Keeps us in the present, orients us toward what we can do better the next round. A real apology in NBC does not sound like I'm so sorry. It sounds like, you know what, if I had this to do over again, here's what I would do differently. And then upon the saying, one can hope that one would actually deliver that in the future. But what's nice is it lets the other person know that not only are you keenly aware of their experience in the present, but you're also aiming your sights at what you'll do better going forward for them. People seem to really appreciate that. Um, and there have been a few apologies in my life that I wish I could have delivered. I delivered them to the air or to a piece of paper that were then burned uh, because that person didn't want to be in touch with me. But even just in the saying of how I would do those moments differently had I had another chance to do them, from that, even from that vantage point in the past, I feel the shift inside of myself. I feel the chemistry change from a grudge or a fearful worry to, you know, a certainty that I would handle that much better given another chance. So NBC is a real freedom and a, and a real kind of release from the capabilities you think you have or don't have based on your upbringing, based on your family, a release into 
who you want to be right now and how you want to compose yourself. So I really appreciate that practice so much. And I teach, I don't teach. I help my teacher facilitate once a year, uh, Judith Lassiter. She teaches a beautiful 16-hour NBC course online. The next one is in September of 2024. And um, it's a real honor to watch her work with everyone. And occasionally she asks for my input, which is a great honor for me. But mostly I'm just observing and facilitating the tech and learning a great deal each each time. Hmm. Sign me up. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> September 2024. Exactly. Okay. September into awesome. October. Great. Great. And so let's take a situation where um, you might be really versed in NBC um, and you're in a conversation with somebody who's never been exposed to this and they're not necessarily great communicators. They don't know how to ask for what they need for what they need and that you know sure. the the communication it, you're not on the same wavelength let's say for lack of better words um has this practice helped you um receive maybe poor communication in a healthier way most definitely i'm um, i'm now a hospice volunteer so there's a lot of angst, frustration, anxiety, fear, all kinds of chemistry running through the families and the person who's actually in transition. And NVC helps me to have a lot of compassion. One of the main practices that Judith teaches in the course, and you'll see this when you take it, for the first three to four weeks, that's, you know, six to eight hours she's strictly teaching about self-empathy and what does that mean exactly i didn't get it for the longest time it means there's also nvc within oneself so often i find myself when i'm in those settings for hospice you know washing dishes or preparing a meal for somebody or just like sort of mediating a an argument sometimes even um asking people to leave a home because they're they're really not being helpful to the person who's dying um i notice the feeling that i'm having i make the observation within myself step one wow feel really anxious right now my need for order is not being met how human of me instead of making the request how human of me is the fourth step when you're doing inward uh, nbc and that statement brings me so much empathy for myself and i remember right i'm here i'm here volunteering i'm not getting paid i'm here because i want to help I'm here because I want to serve even more importantly. And that, that moment of how human of me and even placing a hand on my heart helps me to answer your question, helps me to be very present for people, even when their communication isn't whatever we would call optimal from the perspective of where we are. 
Great. Yeah. And that, um, I use that hand on heart, um, a lot actually. And I, you know, for the listeners, um, we can do it right now, you know, you can place a hand on your heart and breathe into that statement. How human of me it's, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And in, um, I just, I'm always fascinated with relationships and, and communication because I didn't grow up in a household that had like the healthiest of communication. <laughs> and as a little girl who was taught to just be kind. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a journey of learning how to ask for what I need. So that last part of the request um, is so huge. Um, it's one thing to observe and to feel and, and maybe get clear on what you need, but the asking and and sometimes um, getting clear on, can I meet this need myself? Or is this a need that I can ask for, for my partner or for my friend or for my parent? That is um, blurry to me sometimes because as, as an independent gal, I like to think, oh, fine, I'll just, I'll just meet this need myself. But then that creates distance, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The very simplest form of this practice has led to a lot more clarity and ease in my relationships. Keeping it very simple. First, reminding myself of how human I am to feel this way, then going into the actual flow of communication with the other person. And just there's no accusation anymore. You know, there's an open hand. There's nothing to take from me. There's just, you know, if you could do it this way next time, that would be so helpful for me. And if not, I'll I'll have to work with that too. You know, that's my experience. Just keep it as simple as possible and know that um, anything we do toward being less violent inside of ourselves or with another person, even with our just our words, uh, is is of use to this world. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the reasons why I love meditation is because I feel like it stretches time. So many of us, me included, wish that we had more time in the day. We can feel like we don't have enough time to do all the things we want to do. And one of the best ways to manage our time is to get super clear on what's truly important and make that a priority. I've found therapy to be a super helpful way to define my values and set boundaries. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient, and you get matched with a therapist to meet your specific wants and needs. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash morning ritual to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash morning ritual the morning ritual is sponsored by recess mood one healthier alternative to alcohol after a stressful day is recess mood 
So recess mood is a sparkling water and it's infused with functional ingredients like magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Podcast listeners get 15% off the recess mood sampler pack at takearecess.com slash TMR. Recess Mood is made with real fruit, and it comes in four delicious flavors, like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. With only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's a guilt-free way to unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash TMR and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. The Morning Ritual is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meals make eating healthier so much easier. These meals are chef-made, they're dietitian approved and delivered right to your door. With Factor, you have over 35 different options a week to choose from. There's no prep, there's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to feast and eat. Just head to factormeals.com TMR50 and use code TMR50 to get 50% off. That's code TMR50 at factormeals.com slash TMR50 to get 50% off. Yeah. Well, I look forward to diving deeper into um, NVC, and it's going to be something I'm sure is lifelong, you know? You don't mm-hmm. land anywhere with it, do you? You keep growing with it and different people probably come into your life to challenge it a little bit, maybe, um, or show you new lessons. So I'm sure it, it will continue for the rest of our lives. But I have a request and it's okay if you can't um, deliver, sure. but there was, I think, an Instagram live that you did and you shared, it was a poem or an excerpt about like talking back to your 30 year old self do you know what I'm talking about yes yes, of course it's a poem in softening time dear 31 year old self could Um, you read it for us good I would have to pull it up online because I'm out of uh, copies so let me find it here in my computer shouldn't take but a moment dear 31 year old self Shower yourself with empathy every time it hurts. No need to give your power away or prove your intelligence. Love your mother more. Record your grandmother's voice. Respect your body, your lungs, your light. You are surrounded by benevolent forces and you never need to be right. Treat yourself with deepening, widening kindness. Mm. yeah it's tender treat yourself with a deepening widening kindness I wish I would have read that when I was 31 you know but I can toss it back to her (laughs) and sort of change the way I feel about that time now from the perspective of now because there's only now yeah because something I do, I usually end these episodes with like a rapid fire questions to the to the guests. Oh, cool. And sometimes I'll ask, what would you? Yeah. And we could do that. And I'll just. I'm happy to. 
make some new ones up on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. But one, one question I usually ask is like, what would you, um, what advice would you give your like 25 or 30 year old self? And to me that, that was kind of the answer to that question. Um, undoubtedly empathy and kindness and just some practical advice, be kind to your lungs or whatever. Don't abuse your lungs. Like I did. Yeah. Respect your light. So many things. Hmm. You don't, there's not, you don't have to prove everything. Yeah. Yeah. Especially your intelligence. I look back now and I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of making sure people knew how smart I was. (laughs) So funny. And now it just doesn't, it has no relevance, you know? Yeah. Kindness Mm. is so much more important than intelligence. Yeah. Well, why don't we end with um, those rapid fire questions? Cool. Okay. So, well, first one, are you a morning person or a night owl? A little bit of both. If I had to really choose one, it would be morning for sure. Okay. But a little bit of both. Yeah. I find myself really enjoying the evening time. Like I just finished raising my kid. He's now 17. He's heading out very soon of the house and nighttime is so lovely. So delicious, you know, grab my book, read a hundred pages, lay on the biomat, you know, it's very luxurious and quiet. So I really appreciate it. Hmm. And so since you're on the morning ritual podcast, we're going to focus on the morning. Um, so in the morning, when you get up, yes. what, um, what's your favorite way to start the day? Mind mapping, as I said, um, I'll reiterate that from Tracy's book, The Luminous Self, um, choosing a word. And most days it's actually a word that I derived from another practice in that book called the do list. I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's so profound, but my do word turns out to be wait, which is a really interesting um, do word. And most days I'll start my mind map with wait at the center. And then there are certain things that go around the map, uh, everything from community to how you're, how you're sort of feeding yourself. Um, And it's nice to just reiterate that before the day even gets going Uh, next thing tongue scraping oil pulling sitting often yoga glow recording practicing sometimes writing i'm almost finished with my next book morning is my favorite time to write as well so clear um and three times a week i do a weight workout two times a week, a cardio sprint, either on the hills or on the trampoline, you know, where I'm just doing cardio for like 20 minutes, jumping the best. Um, Yeah, that's my morning. And then I get going on processing email and have a tea and so forth. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Something that, um, I just thought about uh, your do word wait and yeah. kind of circling back to communication this week. I heard someone say like, wait, why am I talking? <laughs> like before yes. you speak, wait and, and W-A-I-T, why am I talking? And I have um, 
I found that funny and I also love it and use it is what I'm was what coming out of my mouth is this is this actually something I need to be saying or what to be saying um and last question let's see what's this last well it's really more um of a request but Mm. could you um could you guide me and all the listeners in a little teeny tiny like minute long practice to help us set an intention for the rest of the day sure okay wherever you are just get comfortable if you're lying down you're sitting down you're resting your head or you're sitting upright lengthen your spine wherever you are Allow your attention to rest on the flow of your breathing, the natural flow of your breathing. And feel how with each exhalation, there's a gentle release The navel moves back toward the spine. The air moves out of the nose. It's kind of a reconnection as you let the breath out. And then you can begin to notice that what's being let out is truly what needs to go in order for you to feel connected to what's happening right now, this present moment, this day that is unfolding. And slowly as you let your attention rest on the day ahead, Allow yourself to feel into what needs to be remembered. Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's some kind of a steadiness or a solidity needed. And allow that word, sentiment, concept to sort of permeate your being now as you breathe. Inhaling and exhaling naturally. Whatever that word is, see if you can feel it cellularly in your body. And then gently as we close, consider one situation that's coming today. Let no fear enter your body right now, but just consider that situation and bring to it this word, this concept, 
this remembrance. And see yourself emanating and experiencing this word or concept or remembrance in that context later today. Let that comfort you. And then come back to the present. Zipping into your body. Allowing the breath to flow and come and go. And with three more exhalations, allowing your body to release whatever is not going to serve this intent today. Like you can bring your hands in front of your face, rub your palms together pretty briskly. And especially if your eyes have been closed, go ahead and use the sockets of your eyes as resting points for the perimeters of your palms. And slowly while your hands are there, begin to open your eyes and then begin to let your palms separate. And come back. Want to share your word? Rest. Oh, how sweet. Mine was opening. Mm. I have no idea where it came from. It's not mm. a word that comes to me. It's not even in my field. Wow. Yeah. And I have a few things today that for which that word is particularly uh, salient so I'm pretty happy that we you asked me to do that it's not a mm. meditation that I do often so wonderful awesome mm -hmm. yeah I'm going to explore I actually have something that's not restful by nature coming up and I'm going to see if I can bring um, an energy of rest to it that's um, beautiful and then beautiful. have an extra restful evening yeah but Elena, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate you. And we will um, end the episode the way that we always do with a full breath in and a complete breath out. And have a lovely mm -hmm. day. Thank you, dear Lily. Wonderful. Thank you.